But it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. You get a free child's play, we use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today, Ole, every day. Casa Ole, Ole! All right, welcome to the inaugural episode, season one, episode one of Lima Time Time. I am James Yasko, co hosting with your friend and mine. Patrick, Pat, Knickknack, Paddywhack, McClellan, how are you doing? I am doing wonderful. I'm very excited about this. This is a very, very exciting time for all of us, to be honest. Not only Astro fans, but just us in general, because this show is going to rule. It's going to be the best. We are going to redefine the podcast genre, and and if anything can just be audio literary greatness, that's what this is going to be. Can we win a can we win a Pulitzer for this? I, I don't think so. I, I believe that's only writing, but I feel like we will win whatever the podcast equivalent of a Pulitzer is. I think they I, – I just got a text uh, that they're going to create a new podcast category, the Pulitzer people. A, day, and a, daytime, a daytime Emmy, a nighttime right. Emmy. We're shortlisted, so congratulations to us. Uh, 45 seconds in, we're already making history here, so this is mm-hmm. – this is, Fantastic. So, all right, let's let's do this. Let's kind of introduce ourselves, and we'll get into quickly uh, kind of what we want to do with Lima Time Time. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and go first? Introduce yourself. Uh, what do you do? Um, and we'll get into the Astro stuff later. But but why are you qualified to be the co-host of, of why, this? Why am I qualified? Well, I, let's let's start this. I am a hundred percent not qualified. <laughs> You're hired. Um, I am a a writer comedian. Uh, I've done some television writing, and but I am a life lifelong Astros fan. I've had season tickets since I was a little kid, so I am a diehard fan. I, I so that I guess that would qualify me. But in terms of actual, uh, you know, sports acumen, you know, it, it could get a little dicey, and that's just when I'll say a racist joke or something, <laughs> just throw everybody off. But uh, I'm very excited to be doing this. I've always wanted to. To cross over the comedy stuff into sports. So uh, when James and I talked about doing this, I was like, "Yes, I'm on board." So, hi everybody. That's awesome. And so for people that are that are now on IMDb, um, searching your name. So g- give us the short like, what have you what have you been what have you written for what have, what have you done that that people might have that, that uh, they might know um, your work. I've done some stuff for TBS and for MTV. I was uh, ghostwriting. So I would prefer to not to not say which shows. Excellent, intrigue. But, but I've written I've written for funny shows that you've watched, and I've written awesome jokes. Excellent. And then I uh, I yeah write for Thought Catalog and some other websites, Playboy and stuff like that. So just just Google me, Google me. Fantastic. This is great. I'm it's already terrible. I'm, I'm, terrible. I'm loving it. I'm. Sure. I already sound dodgy and like they're just like they already can't trust me. I feel like. <laughs> well, that's that's where trust. <laughs> you have to begin from a from a place of not trust in order to okay, right. to I'll, land at the place of trust. I'll do my best to earn it, guys. I I, I swear. <laughs> All right, and so I'm I'm James Yasko. Uh, I am the founder uh, and lead. I don't know blogger editor uh, of uh, AstrosCounty.com. Uh, I started that pod, that uh, blog in late 2008. 
Um, and, and I teach high school. So, so that's the short version. Don't Google me. Um, just don't, (laughs) there's nothing interesting. Uh, there's nothing interesting there. So, uh, so 2008, so like that magical 86, 75 season just was like, you know what? I'm going to start a website. That's right. This is fantastic. (laughs) Uh, this is as good as it's ever going to get. Um, so it was, yeah, it was the end of 2008. I was living in upstate New York, uh, my wife and I, and I was cut off from, it was already, it was like November, of, I think it was November 5th. I think that was the day I started it. And uh, it was just already miserably cold. And we're talking like like three hours, four or four hours northwest of New York City. So like middle of nowhere. Uh, and I thought I got to do something to kind of keep my mind occupied during the off season and, and engaged. So, th- so that's where Astros County kind of got its start. And, and I had a, a PlayStation 2 at the time, and my wife goes, okay, look, you can either do this blog <laughs> or you can play video games. It's up to you. So, But you have to choose one. So I chose. Wow, that's, an, that's really impressive. I'm, I'm actually very proud of you. Thank you. Uh, I think there may be times that, that she wishes I'd gone the other way. Um, that's, that, but you know what? But there's something to show for it. And, I'll, and I will say that before I actually engaged with like with Twitter and stuff and engaged, I Astros County is an, a fantastic website. Like hey, you can't, the articles are are, are well written and they're they're in depth and it's one of the best, if not the best, Astros website out there. And that's not me sucking up because oh, we have a show. You're sweet. Like I, it, it's legitimate. So people, you should already be on that side, but you should be reading it. Ah, well, thank you. That's sweet. You're sweet. You're sweet, Mox, but you know you are. Um, so, and it's fun, just as a quick aside. I like, don't want your laugh. <laughs> as a quick aside, like, you're a writer, and, and you have written things that, that get published. Like, for the right. last few years, I've been writing, I've been in the process of researching a book, and it's going to be a nonfiction uh, book. Um, and so there's a lot of like notes and and I've I've been working on it for like a, for two almost three years now, and yeah. Astros County is like a chance for me to like write something that actually gets published and because right. I'm just kind of hoping that it will eventually and it's I don't know so it's it's just fun and everyone every Astros fan is just great like yeah I haven't come across like anyone that's just a complete douche so it's a there we're just a lovely set of people and fun to interact with so. You know, that's something that we should have put down in our in our topics because I, I, I wanted to bring that up that I although there are many fickle Astros fans and as for the city of Houston, that's just kind of how we are as a people and I'm not proud of it because I'm on the normal fan spectrum where I represent my team. But the the fans that are true Astros fans are some of the greatest fans in the league and I will stand by that. The people I know personally that go to each game and they're, I mean, I'm die hard, die hard. And they couldn't be nicer. That's true. So I, so shout out to like real Astros fans. Yeah. And it, it, it used to be a lot easier to identify real Astros fans because they, they said they were Astros fans. Now that, now that things have changed a little bit, the fortunes of the team are on the upswing. It's a little harder to identify the true Astros fan and who's just trying to get Correa's signature to sell on eBay. But right uh, I still think we're ahead of it, though. I, I, it, they haven't quite as good of a season as they had last year. I, I, the city's just lags a bit. I feel like they're not quite ready this season. If if they have more success or at least the same success, then it's going to start getting that way. But I feel like we're still ahead of it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. 
So that's and that, which actually leads us into kind of why we're why we're doing this podcast. So, uh, what's your goal for for Lima Time Time? My goal is to bring some fun and insight into your worlds. So where I guess you know sports radio in town here at least they uh, the Astros just don't get any run. It's Texans quarterback talk. It's how bad the Rockets are, even though they played great today. But So I want to actually bring some Astros talk where people that want to hear it can come get it and then have some fun too. And I may drink a lot and say some <laughs> terrible things on the show. That's just my goal in this. That's good radio. That's and that ruin is. your reputation for some reason. Like This is going to bring you down somehow. <laughs> I don't have much of, of that of, of that reputation thing so so don't worry I'm gonna about take me. you I'm gonna take your coaching job like that's my goal <laughs> <laughs> well, well we lost so I, 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 exactly that's that's where I'm saying I'm gonna sneak in and we're gonna go further it was it all was, right it, moving on it was sweet of the team to to lose right before opening day that was that was nice so that's true that's a good point that's <clears throat> that shows loyalty that's what it shows that is, that is loyalty so no, I agree with you. I think it's a good. I think it's a good. It's a good mission. Uh, less murder ball talk uh, in the form of the Texans, uh, and more more actual baseball talk. So let's let's do that. Uh, and so with that in mind, let's get to our first topic of conversation, and that is uh, Mister Spring Training, uh, John Singleton. So so what? <laughs> What's going on? Like, like how many? First of all, it feels like this is the the ninth year, and he hasn't even been he hasn't been a professional baseball player for for nine years. But I feel like this is the ninth year that that I've sort of come into spring training thinking this is Singleton's year, and the sun could melt and scorch the earth, and still I'll walk down the road like with all my possessions wrapped in a bandana on the end of a <laughs> stick, and I'll be like, this is going to be Singleton's year. Like, so. What's your takeaway from Singleton getting get, before we get into the contract stuff? What's your what's your takeaway from the spring that Singleton had, or probably more accurately, did not have? Uh, and it, what happened? Well, it was just a John Singleton quintessential John Singleton spring. I mean, that he just is who he is now. Um, but you know what? It's funny that you said that this year. Oh, this is going to be the year. You know, you read all the uh, all of the, those articles, uh, how he put on, what was it, 20, 30 pounds of muscle or something. I don't yeah. remember the exact number. But he was getting in shape and that you read all these great things and you're like, all right. I mean, because the guy allegedly had the ability to hit. But when you go back and look at his numbers, he really didn't. He would get streaky. And maybe what, he had one good year at uh, Oklahoma City? Is that is that a fair? And then he came up and had his hit, what, 11 home runs or seven home runs in his first 11 games or something stupid like that. I don't know the exact number. Yeah. But that's about it. He's never really done anything. He's always been hype. I, I Always been hype. He's been hype, and but it seems like he, he, he backs it up with like, – like I think his, his minor league numbers are, are fairly impressive. And, but I think what what my fear is is that he's that quad A player. Like he will like. There's no point in leaving him in Fresno because he can he can match the ball in Triple A. Um, 
And and he's always been kind of a high strikeout guy, but he's always mixed that in with a lot of walks uh, and some power as well. So it made it, at least on paper, it made it a little bit easier to stomach. But his stints in Houston haven't exa- they haven't been solid. I mean, they've been anything but solid. But the question is, no. like, like he only he only got what like sixty plate appearances last year in Houston. Has has he been given the opportunity to to grow? In Houston, a hundred percent. Yeah, well, because he had he had over three hundred at bats in two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen, he got a lot more playing time. Yes, and struggled. He hit, great. What did he hit? One, he hit one sixty eight. Something like I had to I had to close my safari so that I could record. Um, and then and you didn't get the home run numbers. He hit. I pulled it up. So okay, so he did hit one sixty eight. He had three hundred and ten at bats. He only hit thirteen home runs with forty four RBIs. If you're gonna if you're gonna strike out like that and hit. Below the Mendoza line, I need 25 home runs from you, and I need 75 to 100 RBIs to justify you even being there. Okay. So, so that's just terrible. That's that's not good, and and that's I mean, and yet that's one year. So yes, you can have a shitty year, especially as a young guy coming up from Triple A. But then you couple that with the few at bats last year, but he was hitting just as bad. It's true. It's true. With with no power, he hit one home run. And and I think you know it, it's almost it's almost a question of timing with with Singleton for me because I think you know last year the Astros got off to such a hot start. You know they started out eighteen and seven, and and they they were making noise early on, and I think in two thousand fourteen he got three hundred and ten. ABs because the Astros were in a position where they could afford to let him just sort of swing the bat and try to figure it out. And last year they weren't in that position. It's right. it, and it sort of goes back to why would the Astros trade Vince Velasquez? You know, and I'm going to say I know they traded like five people for for Ken Giles, but, that, but it was Vince Velasquez. But, but yeah, Velas- Why would they trade Velasquez? When there's a, a, a probably a, an eighty percent chance that he is going to be the type of pitcher that that Ken Giles is, and and I keep going back to the idea that well the Phillies at this point in their in their rebuilding cycle they can afford to to throw him against the wall and see if he sticks. The Astros right. aren't in that mode anymore, and and I think that's where Singleton's kind of been caught that if if he had made his debut in 2000 and I'm not saying they should have promoted him as a 17 year old but I mean if if his lifespan was backed up 3 years maybe we'd be seeing something different because the Astros could just let him get at bat after at bat while they lost 100 games uh and and right. hope, hope he figures it out they don't have that luxury anymore and see I I I like that point and it makes 100 it makes it makes sense but this kind that kind of brings me to that contract signing, it's almost like he knew he was overmatched, and he took that he took that money and said, "I'm going to take this and I'm going to get what I can now because I can't cut it." And that's how it looks now, and it could be hindsight, but that's how it looks because a player of his his caliber who is projected to do these things, I I, I wouldn't have signed that deal. You know, a Correa wouldn't have signed that deal. Uh, a lot of players would not have signed that deal. George Springer so it's didn't kind of, sign it's that kind deal. Of weird. Kind of weird. Yeah, Springer Springer did not sign that kind of deal. But it's smart now because he's going to get paid and he's going to be well taken care of and he's going to be out of the league. But I, I just that's what it makes it look more like. Okay, maybe he was like, 
dude, I can't hit here. <laughs> you know? It could be. But didn't he sign the contract, like, the day that he got called up? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was early on. But, I mean, I think you kind of know. Maybe you don't. And maybe it was just him being, I, I don't know. I don't know what the reasons are. It looks incredibly smart on his part. and it's Oh, it's a, it's the best movie. It was a great move on his part. And it's still not, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, baseball economics are not real world economics. Like, no, no one's no one's offering me $10 million to do anything. Um <laughs> And but but in the in the world of baseball economics, like it it seems like, uh, where am I going with this? Um, like paying him two million dollars isn't really that big of a deal. Oh no! And so it was a it's a it was a low risk, high reward uh, trade off for the Astros. And uh, you know it's the, the reward hasn't come in. He's got three more years under contract. You know of of the of the ten million. So. Uh, you know, maybe at some point he'll keep figuring out, but it's not like the Astros can trade him. I mean, and, right. and not get, and they're not going to get much of anything back if, if anything at all. So, I mean, do you, do you just let him be the $10 million AAA player or do you just keep giving him opportunity after opportunity? I think maybe a little bit of both. I, I, I don't know. It just depends how the roster shakes out. You can't, we're, we're competing for a pennant now. Yeah. So you can't. There's no time for projects. But he's he is still young. Like I, I don't. I don't. Does he? Have, is he a witch? Does he have <laughs> some sort of power over us? Because I, like, I don't think he's dead. Like I don't. He could go somewhere else and be a typical Astros ex player that goes and flourishes. It's not like he's just the worst and right. is has no chance. But when you look at everything. Especially, I mean, even if you go back and look at his his prospect ratings, they went up and down, mm-hmm. up and down, and that's exactly what he's done. He he hit for a streak here, and then he didn't hit. I I don't know. Are you you have? I guess you you have him, and you're paying him, so let him hit in Fresno. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. When the roster is expanded, maybe he comes up and gets a big hit down the stretch. I have no idea. And it's just based on his his history that's it's impossible to try to project what he's going to do. So, and but I think right. you know one of the things that 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 puts a little bit more pressure on him is AJ Reed, who by all accounts is the is the reincarnation of Babe Ruth. Uh, and, and, and <laughs> he Paul, is. And Paul now Bundy. he's got yeah. Now he's behind two guys. I mean, you got you got Tyler White, and now you have AJ Reed, who is the future. Yes. So he he's. It's almost like he's just that's a wrap on that and they've made their decision. Yeah. And he and he, maybe he just got dealt a bad hand, you know? It could be the case. Does but it, you when you're up in the bigs, you got to hit and you got to produce or especially the way they run this team. Yeah. If you're not going to get on base, if you're hitting below 200 and you're not hitting home runs, then bye. That's just that's just how it is. Yeah, if he had like a 450 on base percentage, he just struck out or if he was a three true outcomes guy, he either hit a home run or he walked or he struck out and he was hitting 170 but with like a 400 on base percentage and 500 slugging. Yeah, I mean if he just Valbuena'd it. Yeah. And even though he fell off terribly at the end, but you hit 25 plus home runs, you are productive no matter what your batting average is and you have value because you're producing runs, but he's doing neither. That's true. He was ju- he was just an out, and he's not a particularly great first baseman defensively. So I mean, it's just eh, eh low risk. Sorry, John. 
Sorry, John. Low risk, high reward. Uh, right. Does the weed thing bother you? No. Who cares? All right. So we so we agree on that. Um, good. So okay. Uh, I want to save Valbuena for later on in the season because I I, I want to see if if his t- if he had a really low batting average on balls in play, and I want to see if that straightens out. Um, so let's table Valbuena, but but he's an interesting okay. player to kind of keep an eye on. Going to the Ken Giles, and we mentioned Ken Giles in talking about Singleton. Um, Ken Giles and Luke Gregerson, does it matter to you who the closer is? Um, it doesn't matter in theory, but like I don't care who it is. But I think it's important that the players, I think it's important to them. I think defined roles, they may be overrated, but at least mentally to players, I think they like to know where they stand. Especially for those late inning guys, closers. You have to have a. It's a different mentality if you're coming in for one inning in the eighth and closing out a game. Yeah, and it's it's. What do you feel? Do you or do you feel like that? It, I mean, or do you feel like the situational stuff is where the game's moving, and it should be based on who's at bat, what's going on, what's the score, who's on base, or do you want to have a standard like old school, you know, Dotel, Lidge, Wagner type thing? Uh, I, I want to, and, and as Astros fans, we know how, how fickle a bullpen can be. Um, it, it matters to me that, it matters to me that somebody gets a save. Um, I'm tired of blowing, I'm tired of blowing games. If, if Gregerson is getting the job done, I'd but the heart of the order is coming up in the, in the eighth, I'd like to see Gregerson in the eighth. If it's Giles, who's, I don't, I mean, it matters to players because that's that's how their financial value is determined. How many saves do you get? And while it's that's sort of an old school way of doing things, and the Astros are are not necessarily you can call them a lot of things. Old school isn't one of them. No, no. But at the point where you where, but it matters to those players. So I think that the Astros have to sort of work with that and and take that into account. And I think Hinch will do a pretty good – and as a, I'm a Bo Porter apologist. Um, <laughs> the, but that's a, that's a long story. But I think Hinch, Hinch will do a pretty good job at managing the egos involved. Um, and so I just want to see somebody get a save. I don't care who it is. I remember reading an article, putting together a post last week where Hinch said that um, he doesn't play fantasy baseball, so it – you know. He does, it doesn't matter who gets the saves, and and I agree with that. Except I, I want him to to think of it as he plays the most high stakes fantasy baseball game in the world. Um, but I, but and I can. He, but I, he does like he's managing the team. That yeah. is like that's actual baseball. Yes. So yeah, I know he doesn't care stat wise, but like I I don't know. I I like I like defined roles. I like the teams that I guess it's the teams with the power closers. And the guys that the teams that can shorten the game, but I like that mental aspect of opposing teams. Like shit, it's the sixth inning. We're down three to one. We're screwed. It's blah blah blah, and that's how it is. And it gets in their head. It's like we're gonna have job. We're gonna you know it's gonna be Gregerson Fields Giles or whatever. Yeah. I like that knowing that the game's done. Even if it's a mix of them, I, I, I don't think it's as scary because it's like, oh, we, oh, you can hit Gregerson when he's off. Right. But that's, you know, it's a flaw, that's flawed logic because it can go either way. 
what matters to what matters to me, you know, I keep coming. You have to get twenty seven outs every game, right? Uh, on occasion, twenty four. Um, but you have to get those outs. I just want them to get those outs as quickly as possible. And and that's the, the there's I understand the objective. You know, the the Gregerson knows they they, they need a routine. Presumably, you can't just be like you're coming in in the fourth and you're going to get this batter out and then you're done for the night. Like you can't. I don't think you can do that to Ken Giles. Um, right. But but if the situation calls for it, where you need Giles in the seventh, even if 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 he's your best pitcher that you need him in the seventh, I'm I'm okay with the Astros throwing him in the seventh, even though he might be the eighth or ninth inning guy. I think I I want the the game situation to determine it more than. Gregerson's not used to warming up before 9:45. It's 9:20, and he's uncomfortable. Like I think that's kind of a, and maybe this is just my my lack of understanding of professional athletes, but that <laughs> seems like a titty baby way of of looking at. No, it. it's all that stuff's overblown. I think. I mean, you're you're calling for a playoff game approach, which is win, which should be just the approach. But yeah. it's funny how they don't do it that way all season long, and then you're in a best-of-five series, and, oh, all of a sudden this pitcher is available to come do this because it's a must-win. It's like, well, why don't you just – if they can pitch, just do that. Right. I don't want to – And I don't, I, don't know, I, don't know if it, I don't know how why that is, but I'm, I'm completely in agreement with you that, that just get the fucking win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Get the outs. Like, just get 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 dudes out. And, oh, oh, and these three guys are you know two for twenty seven against Giles. We'll bring in Giles. Yeah, in the seventh inning, and it's not like Gregerson can't close the game or Fields hasn't been in there. It's not like they can't do it. So I, I'm I'm with you on this. I think I, I do like the defined roles idealistically, but I'm just looking for W's, and I don't care if Correa comes in. <laughs> to win the game, if if it wins the game, I, I couldn't care less how how they attain that. Good, I think I think we do agree. We do agree on that. So, oh, we both want them to win. That's weird. Yeah, That's I know. It's I, we're going to get along great. Um, <laughs> I think. Okay, so so going from that, uh, what are your expectations for 2016? This one, you know, it's a tough one. I don't know if you agree with this because I feel like last year was not a fluke in any I'm not calling it a fluke at all but I think it was faster than anybody anybody anticipated. So I'm I'm not scared of a letdown year. I'm just trying to keep my expectations in check because we were we, the Royals were done. And our team was playing great. Like, we had a chance. We were there, you know? Yeah. And, and I know that hurts hearing it, and everybody knows what happened in, in, the, in the Royals game. But um, I think we're legitimately good. I think we are a front runner, not only to win the division, but I, I think that we are up there. And I'm, I'm looking for an ALCS appearance. And I would like to see us in the World Series competing for a championship. And I know that's quintessential Astro fan, but I, I feel like it's based in some reality. You know, given we we mentioned earlier the the eighteen and seven start, and the Astros played one game under five hundred for the rest of the season, and still right. that, that that start won them one got them the playoff spot a hundred percent. So 
and that random that random Sunday early September game against the Angels where Correa hit that ball that got stuck in that dude's yep. glove and you know we got the the wild card by one game against over the Angels and you can yeah. look at that game like it's it's this, the whole it's I, I I'm looking at at this season as 162 one game 162 wild card games and which kind of goes back to our to our discussion about uh the role of the closer but and, but it may be impossible to sustain that level and there's going to be lulls but it may be impossible to sustain that level of intensity for 162 games oh 100% and you're going to have some you're going to have some bad times but i i'd like to see them well i'd like to see them have that same kind of start but idealistically i'd like to have them just play more consistent throughout the year and just be a good team all year. And yeah, you're going to have your bad series and you might have a bad week or a shitty road trip, but I'd like to see them not do what they did last year and overachieve and then underachieve and skate by. And then of course they got hot in the playoffs and that was amazing. Yeah. And, and they're a fun team. So I, I, I think that, you know, with age and one year and that playoff experience under their belt and man, I'm, I'm excited. I, I haven't been this excited in years. I I, I agree. That's that's sort and of. And I know I, that's one of our topics too. But is that a perfect segue? I don't know. It is. What it, do you have else to add add to that? Well, I'm I'm curious because that that game that Royals game four will haunt me in the same way that the Albert Pujols uh, homer off Lidge. Like it was that level of like. But it was just one of those. Like, what are you going to do about it? It was just one of those things. Like they got us. You know, it, it was like I, I recently uh, I was watching. I was it was on Twitter, I think, and it was I don't know if it was MLB.com or it was somebody retweeting a Toronto thing, but they just replayed that meltdown inning before Bautista hit the home run against the Rangers. Yeah, and it, well, they dropped a bunch of balls, but it was just like one of those like the Royals just got hits, and I know they were bloops. They they beat us, and yeah. it sucks, but it wasn't. I don't know. It, it just felt legitimate. Like they just they got us, and it sucked, and we had them, but we didn't do anything. You know? Yeah, there wasn't like sin in the camp. Like like somebody, somebody well, I mean, somebody sinned, and, and that's what happened as a result. Right. And even in the uh, was it the was it eighty six when Nolan Ryan was pitching, and there was not a ball got out of the infield. Yeah. And the, I mean, shit happens. It's baseball. Yeah. That's you why know, infield hits, bloops, you get on base, and all. Yeah, it's just it's shit, and it happens. And yeah, I know it hurts, but that one didn't hurt like the pool. I was at the Pujols game. Were you, dude? I and I, I'm so our inaugural episode, and I bring up fucking Pujols game. <laughs> um, it's like, oh yeah, do you remember that cool Buffalo Bills Oilers game? Let's talk about that a little. Bit. No, but it's everybody knows it and can picture it, but being there. The silence was one of the most haunting things. I you could hear his footsteps running around the bases. Like I've never, because we were celebrating a pennant, yeah. you know. And I was, I was sitting up. I was in the last row behind home plate, up in the top deck, and we were banging against the wall. Just, I mean, it was just making noise, just raucous. And that ball was hit, and the whole set, like everybody, just sat down. There weren't curse words. It was just, it was like seeing a ghost. I, I That's my recount of that. It was just, I, and then I didn't talk to my friend the entire, 
in fact, here's a funny story. I know we're going a little long, but who cares? Who cares? Um, we were so distraught over that. I was riding with my buddy. Uh, we went on 610. He went the wrong way. So we went all the way around the <laughs> Pasadena Bridge yes. and went all the way around the loop. And we didn't say a word like the entire time. And then just went back. And I was living in Sugarland at the time. And that, that's how bad it was. We went all the way around the loop. It was just like, <laughs> I, uh, like it hurt. <laughs> I, I, was, I, lived, I was living in Abilene. And I had a lucky spot in my kitchen where I could see the TV. And if I had my, if I was doing the Cobra, like if I had my hands behind my head, then, <laughs> then good things happened during that, during that playoff run. And that's where I was. I was right by the sink. Pujols hit the home run and I threw up in the sink. And, Dude. and I, I called in sick to work the next day and I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> like, I wasn't joking. Like I was, I was, I stayed in bed all day. Like it was just, it was wow, just that's terrible. dedication. I, I couldn't, I couldn't get, we didn't have kids, so I, I couldn't get out of bed. Uh, my wife had to walk the dog because I just couldn't, I couldn't find the internal energy. Uh, I, like the dog would be like, hey, I need to go outside. I'd be like, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It doesn't. But, but at the same time, game six was elation. It was. It was. I, uh, we actually, we went to some the sports bar that was handing out, we had bottles of champagne. So we had like a locker room celebration <laughs> and it was one of the most fun times I've ever had in my life. We were drunk and yelling that, Oh, we're, who's coming to Chicago with me? You know, we're going like, it was just, that was, we need that again. And, and I got some of that with the, with the Yankees win and how fun that log, even though it was one game, wasn't that one of the greatest wins in uh, in Astros history, in your opinion? It, it just, was. Just from where we were as a franchise, it was just a signature win. And and Keuchel coming out on short rest, which I questioned. I I questioned I the too. I questioned the wisdom of well, I questioned the wisdom of leaving him in as long as they did in the start before the wild card game. Right. Um. I remember that. I was a I was being kind of a jerk about it. Um. No, you were right, but. But, hey. but no, I think that that was a signature to go into Yankee Stadium and just shut and to have Keuchel just absolutely shut them down, and and I think that you know it's in in looking at kind of how 2016 might shake out as we're here on the eve of of opening day, um, it's not like there was a Brady Anderson type that that a guy that came out. It's not like Colby Rasmus hit like 53 home runs and. And you're like, okay, he's probably not going to do that. Like everyone, if if you just kind of, you know, Correa has a has 99 games under his belt. Well, well when did he come? June? What? When did he come up? It was June. I want to say it was like June 7th, something uh, June 8th, something, something like around that. there. So yeah, to, yeah, exactly. Th- uh, and th- Springer had a off year, and he's in the best shape of his life. I I feel like they were that good, and I don't want to call it underachieving. But they were not playing to the full team's potential, at least all at once. Right. People got hot. They have a lot more. I mean, they can be a dominant team if it all comes together, especially with the rotation. Now, I'm hitting aside. If Springer plays like he's supposed to, I, I've been reading articles putting not even Correa, throwing Springer in there as an MVP candidate. Yeah. And, and, and Cargo, too, as sleeper picks. Yeah. For AL MVP, and, it's, and that's not Correa. And Correa is the greatest player that's ever going to live, in my opinion. He's going to be the the best ever. I think he is the he is the love child of Honus Wagner and Cal Ripken Jr. But I, is he? But are we just homers? Or is he, I, I, I believe I truly believe in my heart that he is that good. Like he is going to be 
not even going to be, already is, but he is going to be like all world, just A-Rod without the cheating. Right. A depressing exercise is to recount who the Astros have thrown out at shortstop in the last, oh, well, since Adam Everett. And Adam Everett, with the standard caveat that comes with mentioning Adam Everett's defense. His defense was so good. Um, I was so just funny, I was talking to my dad about that earlier today, and I was just like, remember how shitty it was to have a lineup where it was Adam Everett, and then you had Brad Osmith, Osmus <laughs> and the pitcher, and your your offensive lineup was just dead at at the six hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had two thirds of a lineup, like, and and those and those were that was a World Series team and a pennant winning team, and they were good, and it was just like this team, this is a whole different thing, man. I I totally agree. I yeah, and you know if if everyone just kind of progresses and and. Has, gets that that year of experience. I'm. I think we are going to have some happy days ahead of us. This is the first time that I in a, in a in a quite a long time where I've gone into opening day like thinking, thinking something other than okay, let's get this over with. Let's just get to the draft uh, and let's pay more attention to what's happening in Corpus or Quad Cities or wherever. Right. Right. Um. So no, I completely agree. It's yeah. There's not only expectations, but I, I have not loved a professional team like I do these guys. Just their the the club Astro, like their attitudes, the fun they're having. Like I, you know, I love the Rockets championship teams, and of course I've loved. I love all my my teams, but these guys, like I. Like I'm with them 100, percent and I haven't felt like that on a team. And you saw that with the just the clubhouse stuff and the Rasmus and just all the just stupid stuff that they were doing. Yeah. Like that's what I'm talking about. Even Conger, I have my I, have a, I miss I'll miss him, but I have a Hank Conger jersey. Fantastic. Just because that needs to be remembered of how great he was. Like he's a folk hero in my opinion. Absolutely. Like almost a mythical creature. Like, 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 we'll talk about. Remember that one year that there was this catcher, and I swear, I and you like tell people, like, I swear this actually happened. His name was Hank Conger. Uh, he did nothing for us, literally nothing. <laughs> he hit a homer early in the season against the Rangers. He did. He I remember did. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a yeah. He hit a. It was a grand slam, wasn't it, or a three run homer? Something yeah. like it was like one of the like the th- the three times in the last four years that the Astros. Have yeah, he got hot in that series. He went yard a couple times in that series. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like that's how much I loved that guy and just like that kind of stuff. Like baseball is not a bunch of old people. It's fun and this team is embracing it. And who cares if they're disrespectful? If Gomez wants to flip a bat, like I, I like it. Like I'm with them. If they're the bad boys of baseball, whatever. I don't care. Even better. We just need to uh, retaliate when people are throwing at us. No kidding. Yeah, I'm getting sick of, of just, yeah. Like I want to see, like I'm surprised Nolan, or maybe we just have Nolan run out feet first into the pitcher. Because what are they going to do to Nolan Ryan? Like nothing. He's not getting suspended. He can still beat them up, in my opinion. Like there's nobody that can hang with him. He's still the man. And there's not there's not a major league player, past or present, that that would challenge Nolan Ryan. Like if Nolan Ryan went out and and as and he jumped over, let's say he jumps over the net because he's what a, about Eck? I feel like he would take the fight on. He, I, I, Nolan Ryan wins because he like fights coyotes and wolves and yeah. hawk and hawks. I'm just throwing birds in there. <laughs> That's not true. 
could be true, but I don't doubt it. I, I haven't I, seen I him like not Ed fight a hawk. Would, or maybe like Randy Johnson, like when he's fired up. I feel like they might take the fight on foolishly. Yeah. But there, it's it's not like the, you you could name any player in Major League Baseball today, and I'm telling you that if Nolan Ryan walked out and took his glasses off and took his and <laughs> as he was walking like like rolled his sleeves up, took his ring off, like like pushed up his sleeves, there is not a Major League player that would stand up to him. Like they would back down. I I completely agree, and you know, and it's funny too because Robin Ventura like wasn't a punk. Like <laughs> Robin Ventura like wasn't a bitch. He just got bitched. Like, That's true. It, I, wonder, I, oh, I love it. He, I, lo- I absolutely love it. Ventura, with all the crap that's happening with the White Sox, I wonder if that dude thinks, like, I'm always going to be remembered as the guy that Nolan Ryan beat up on the mound. He he put he can't really say anything because he, he charged. He brought it on himself. Now, which makes it even better. It's not like, Which makes it even better. So he's just like, shit, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I I, I, I I haven't seeked it out, but I ha- I haven't really ever heard him speak on it. If he's take it just laughed like, yeah, that was not good. <laughs> was that I, he, <laughs> that he was had, just not good. I, be, I wouldn't talk about it. He would, uh, yeah. If, you'd have to see. I see. I'd flip it. I'd embrace and just be like, yeah, that guy. He whipped my ass. That was so stupid. He was my grandfather's age, and and I he took me out to the woodshed. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. So yeah. All right. So what? Before we close out here, uh, what? What are your expectations for this this series with New York? Uh, I, I think Realist, realistically, what do you think? So what do you, what do you think? I, th- I think they they win two of three. I think that's a reasonable. I mean, because it's not the, the they're not gonna the Yankees aren't gonna have Chapman, um, and, and they're all are they they're all right handed pitching? Is that is that correct? I think that's right. I think that's right. So and and we're throwing out. Keichel, McHugh, and then Fires? Keichel, McHugh, Fires, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, you know, it's going to be cold, uh, which I don't know. It, it didn't seem to bother them back in October. Um, but, I heard it was going to be in the in the 30s, like that it was 20 degrees in the morning. I think it was Julia Morales, who you're in a battle with. We need to talk about that before we close out. Yeah. If we can fit in get you some votes for that, we'll, we can do that. Sorry, I'm scatterbrained, so when I hear something, I run with it, and then no. people are like, what's the context of that? And I'm I love like, it. I don't Absolutely love it. So, yeah, I think it's going to be cold. Um, That's fun. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, but I'm not sure what that means as far as, as far as performance. You know, I think I would imagine that the excitement of, of playing baseball will help you kind of get over being cold. Um, but, no, I expect to win two of three. I'm I'm sort of going to expect that the Astros kind of win uh, two of three uh, between you know they're between us. I think they're going to win most series, but maybe that's just my sunshine and rainbows outlook for I, for the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What um and then I guess to piggyback off the the first series thing, that's kind of a lame question to to pose. What uh so what about the division? What are your thoughts on the AL West and Obviously, I, I, I do think we're the legit front runners. But what do you think about the the Angels and the Rangers and even Seattle? Seattle's the the interesting team for me. I think the Rangers are going to be pretty good. Um, I don't want them to be, but I think that they no, will. I think they I will be either. pretty good. Um, you know, they're going to get Darvish back. You know, and and so Darvish and Hamels. You know, that's a scary Darvish. one. That's a scary one too. 
Darvish just doesn't. I know he's got some nasty stuff. He just doesn't have that. And Cole Hamels, too, now. I feel like the fire is gone. I know he's got disgusting stuff, and he threw a no-no and all that, a couple of them, and even late with the Rangers. But I, we, didn't we beat him up pretty bad when, when he pitched? Or is, am, I mis, am I misremembering? I mean, there or we was, beat him when we, he pitched against us, didn't we? There was the series in September. There was like there were a couple of we we had a An lot important of, series that we beat him. Yeah, we had a we had more late season series than than in recent years with the Rangers, and it's almost. I mean, I think the the last one and it was like mid September. Maybe it was later. Maybe it was the like next to last week of the season. I can't remember. That that I think the Astros took that series, but but by that point, you know, there was that four game sweep in Arlington uh, that I was at one of those games, and that was that was that, that's nowhere near the level of your pool story, but but that was a long drive <laughs> back uh, from from Arlington. So you know, the, it, it I think and, and Hamels is kind of getting old. Um, he is. He is. He's. I'm not. And and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but he's just not. He doesn't scare me like a Clayton Kershaw or somebody who's just where it's just almost a loss. It's yeah. no room for error. Maybe you catch him for a home run and win one nothing, but you, it's good luck. Yeah. You know? So the the team that intrigues me the most because I look at the Angels as like Mike Trout and twenty four randos. Like that's that's kind of how I look at at the Angels. Um, yeah. The the Mariners they had so much turnover that they are a completely different team. And and I don't know what to expect. And from what I've kind of been reading, like Robinson Cano is is health actually healthy. Like they could put something together, but but uh, but you know they were the they were weren't they the sexy pick to win the uh, the AOS preseason last year? Last year, yeah. And they, and they were dismal. <laughs> um, okay, so I pulled up. I don't know if you've seen this. It's it's an ESPN. I guess their their pundits or whatever you want to call them, their experts' predictions, and it was they pulled 31 ESPN experts for their their division winners, and it's just the Astros and the Rangers, and 21 of them are for the Astros to win the West. That's either really good or really bad. Yeah, I know, I know. I take it for what it's worth, and then we have. I'm looking. At it, it picks everything. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, nine picks out of the thirty-one to win the AL, or no, yeah, to win the LCS. Okay. And then we have we have three World Series championship picks. Interesting. So, hey, Aaron Aaron Boone picked us to win the World Series. Former Astros great Aaron Boone. Aaron fucking Boone, but hey, that's I think that's pretty pretty cool to just be. That's how sad of a state we were in. Is that just seeing us up there and talk like makes me feel good? Yeah, no, no, I I totally agree with that. Whether it's legitimized or where it's like, oh no, it's hype, and we need to be careful. I, but I feel like our guys are hungry and that they're they just love playing the game. That that that's not something that will affect this kind of team. Let's hope you're right. I, I am. I'll go with that. I have no evidence to prove that you're not that you're not right. So you you do not you do not. I I'm a very good predictor. <laughs> well, does that about wrap us up? We're we gonna let we're we gonna let Jose Lima uh, take us home. 
Yeah, yeah, we can we can definitely do that. Do you have anything else before we close out? I, I feel like this was very in depth discussion. I didn't even crack. I didn't crack any jokes. So people, maybe that legitimizes me, and then I can like kind of let loose next week. They're like, oh, this guy maybe does know a little bit. I love it. I think I think this this was this went better than I better than I could have ex- better than I could have expected. I'm I'm very I, pleased. It's just fun to talk baseball with somebody who knows baseball, and you know, just focus on it, and not have to do it in 140 characters or, uh, you know, argue with somebody on a comment thread on Reddit or something. <laughs> That's it. Retweeting. Your team's the worst. Yeah, retweeting misspelled uh, words, Astros with the ASS, Stros, that's that's the best. Um, so, oh, no more no more Lastros. Lastros. No Disastros. Trashros is a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. That's but. funny. That's kind of funny. Not See, I would have laughed at that. It's I just don't like cliche. I don't like you have a problem, Houston. Like, really, come up with fucking something else. Some, something. Halfway I'm a, clever. Any enemy person listening to this just spying on us, come up with anything else. Like, the city is mocking you if you make that sign. That's right. But everyone thinks it's so clever. So. They really do. And I, I know we need to cut this off when we're running, but I, I just have to have a little mini rant on this. I don't understand why they think that's clever. It's never been clever. And, like, people died. Like, it's not something to make fun of to begin with. Like, that problem was... It was a big problem. Uh, it was a very, very big problem. It wasn't like we ran out of bourbon problem. Like, it was <laughs> our safety, our lives are in danger. It's, it's space death. It's, it's, it's gravity. It's not good. Yeah, we are, we are in space, and something went really wrong. Okay, so before we close out, what before we end people out with... Uh, with the great Jose Lima, I was talk. I was talking with somebody. This is a tangent. Um, we're never going to end the show. It's going to run for probably four more hours. <laughs> um, uh, she's a big Dodger fan, and was just talking about how he's a legend there too. Not only for he had, I don't remember the. I think it was a division game, playoff game that he pitched killer for them. But they love him like we do. Here and I just thought that was great. It's like, of course. I think that's how that's he transcended uh, normal boundaries. Like he he was a transcendent baseball player. I I, I legitimately love Jose Lima. All right, I do too. And I'd like to get uh, Lance Zerline in here to hang with us at some point because he has so many in studio stories and location stories from doing radio at that time, and they are just fantastic and. They're, some of them aren't radio friendly, but they're podcast friendly. That's it. Guess what? This is not. This is not radio. We can do. We can do exactly. That. So I'd love to hear some of those. And also, why did he eat his taco like that in the Caso Olay commercial? It was really bizarre. And I like, but I, you, like it hurts my mouth trying to. For anybody who hasn't seen the Caso Olay commercial, he eats his taco like upright and just bites into it. And I, <laughs> I can't with my teeth. I can't even fathom how that works. No. And no. he, bite, he like just takes a, like a shark bite out of it. Just uh, all right. Let's, I, say, let's get the hell out of here. I feel like his background, like maybe that's how you're supposed to do it. Like, what if, what if that is? What if we're just all a bunch of asshole Americans and like you're supposed to? I don't know how, but like upright. If an Eskimo, like if an Eskimo eats a taco like that, you're like, well, screw that guy. Like he's never, idiot. he's never like, had to do that. This is Jose Lima, like the god. <laughs> yeah, he he knows how to eat a taco. I can't. I'm gonna try it next. And I eat tacos. 
on the rig. You know what? I will too. And, and by next episode, I will report back. And if I have bleeding gums or any of that, <laughs> we'll know why. But anybody who hadn't seen the video, can is that video on YouTube, it's James? Like all, there are three Casa Ole commercials on uh, Lima, Jose Lima he, Casa Ole commercials. He takes that same bite in every commercial, doesn't he? I really hope it was three different takes. Like they didn't just recycle the same <laughs> take. Like that's Me just too. how he eats a taco. So, yeah, if you listen to this, go uh, and you don't know what I'm talking about. Go look at that video, and as a group, let's all take a bite in honor of Jose Lima of our taco in that weird, deathly way and see if we survive with our teeth and gums intact. That's your homework assignment. That's your homework. Jose Lima, take us home. Oh, yeah, that's what before I are – you, are you cutting us out? No, 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 I'm good. Uh, record prediction. Ooh. Can you, are you, can you throw that out before? You have to do some math real quick. I'm going to do 92 and 70. You know what? I'm going to just I'm going to take 93 and uh, whatever the other number is. It's the nice it's the, the nice 93 and 71. What is it? 9369. What I don't know. I can't. 9369. It's like the Price is Right strategy of predicting a record. I yeah I didn't I'm a I'm right around there. I didn't want to pick the same thing, so I'm just trying to to deviate a little bit. All right. Well then we're. We're off to a great start. Thanks, everybody, for listening in the future. Hit us up. If you have anything you want to talk about, then hit us up on Twitter. What is your – go ahead and tell the good people at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. What's your I Twitter handle? At, at P. McClellan, P-M-C-L-E-L-L-A-N. Feel free to follow or at me and harass me. I will gladly welcome it. And, uh, yeah. And then we'll probably end up making a uh, – a Twitter handle for this show if, if, if it takes off like we expect it to. Yeah, but, no, uh, yeah I, hit, yeah, hit me up there, and we'll talk. <laughs> Excellent. Y'all have a good evening. Happy opening day. Jose Lima, take us out. But it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate, and that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. Get a free child's play, we use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today. Oh.